Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Connecting the Dots podcast. My name is H.F. Mason. I'm a general surgeon and chief medical officer at Baptist Memorial Hospital DeSoto and chief quality officer for the Baptist system. And hey, everyone, I'm Jake Lancaster. I'm an internal medicine physician and the chief medical information officer for the Baptist system. Well, today, guys, we are so honored to have Emily Elrod as our guest today on Connecting the Dots. Emily is the CEO of Worksby based out of Georgia. It's a consulting firm that uh, is all about um, personal and organizational wellness. And one of their missions is to help human workers be human beings so that they can do their best work. And uh, Emily, welcome. And uh, having said that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here speaking with y'all today. So, um, yes, I'm a consultant, um, but first and foremost, I will say that I am also a mom. I'm a farmer, um, a new goat farmer, which is learning all together. Um, And I am just I say I'm a lover of uh, dark chocolate and humanity. So um, I'm a huge nerd. Physiology is my back. Well, technically, I have a background in engineering. My father invented a lot of the stuff that makes carpet. And then. I followed in his footsteps with some more engineering, and then I switched over to what I call the engineering of the body, physiology. And so that's what I get to do for corporations um, and sports teams and all, all across the whole gamut. I get to do a lot of fun stuff. You know, you talk about, um, I looked at, listened to a couple of your podcasts at your own one with Mark Graben and, and read some of your stuff on your website and you know organizations no matter what sector you're in that are having trouble you know they're just not getting the results that they need um you say it's it's almost always human factors that that's that's the cause of that elaborate on that a little bit for us um, so actually, recently I was sitting with a CEO of a um, hospital system, and we were talking about navigating in the health in, in y'all space. You know this um, a lot within um, retention and financials, <laughs> and so that is technically an environmental factor. So there are environmental factors, but all that comes together is our human bodies respond to it in certain ways. So to get really nerdy, there's four main chemicals we look at. I won't go full detail into those, but um, we look at. Jake, Jake can get really nerdy. Okay, Jake, let's do nerd. (laughs) Let's go. So I'm doing dopamine. (laughs) Dopamine, we call that the cheerleader of the body. It allows us for that focus and fun. We have oxytocin, which is what we call the loving grandmother, which allows us to have these connections um, and be able to be uh, trust. We have the safety cop of the body which is psychological safety. And then we have cortisol. We call it the angry coworker of the body. And we say it gets a bad rap and it's angry because people only know it for fight, flight, and freeze. It actually has three other responses of care, connect, and mask. So what we do is we say, no matter if it is um, an environmental impactor of a human does not want to actually, let's think a lot of the healthcare. Y'all, y'all came in to care for people. You're doing a lot of paperwork. Mm-hmm. That is an environmental factor that is coming with it, but it's cortisol. It's the angry co-worker of the body. Do whenever I have this stressor, can I speak up? Do I have the ability to be safe, to be able to have that psychological safety in my gut, that safety cop of the body to say, hey, 
um, I'm tired of doing paperwork. This is not what I came for. Can we do it differently? Can we find efficiencies? Can we find different ways? And if there's not, how can the human factor be able to either handle it or change the system that impacts it? Sure. Okay. You know, th- th- that's that's very interesting. I, I had read about cortisol and, you know, that there are ways that, like you said, you, you have ex- ex- uh, external factors that, that you cannot control, but, but based on your mindset and how you approach those problems and issues, you can change those, th- those release of, 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 of cortisol and whatnot uh, in your system. Is, is that true? Yes. So one of the facts that also comes with this is that work is the fifth leading cause of death. <laughs> and so we know that those system factors, the organizational factors impact the human factors. And so we know if you're stressed out, um, we know the inflammation processes and how it can impact our health. Um, actually, before all these ke- chemicals come in, there's something called the amygdala. We call her Amy. It's Amy G. Dalla um, for all my nerdy <laughs> people that may like that. Um, and we talk about Amy anytime something's come for us. The first thing we need to do is bring awareness because she has three main questions. It's is it causing me pain? Is it urgent or can I see it differently? So a lot of the time, specifically in the world of work that within healthcare is everything's on fire. Everything's an emergency. If something goes wrong, somebody can die. But because we've been inundated with this process of release cortisol, release cortisol, let's go because we got something's going to die. We check emails late at night because if we don't check emails, it's been ingrained in us, something might die. Um, or we'll work after hours. We will do um, get very heated on certain subjects. I'm currently doing an audit for a 4,400 uh, hospital system, and there is a lot around um, people think sweep things under the rug. So the stressors. So if you don't address them, if you can't speak up about them, yes, your body's going to be impacted by it and that human factor. So it comes, it goes both ways. The human goes out. And then the environment comes in. Mm. So you mentioned that, you know, your background in engineering and now you're, you do human engineering. Um, walk us through that. Uh, what what exactly do you mean when you say you, you do human engineering? What, what tasks do you do? So for that, we actually have a full assessment that we, we do. It's called our WISE assessment. But within regards to that, we ask questions that we know are around um, those four chemicals. So we know um, gratitude, ironically gratitude. We know if you increase your gratitude score, you can increase your life by 17%. Um, We know um, if you quit smoking, you only increase it by 5%. (laughs) So we ask questions around that, what can impact what the four wise or four wise areas is well, um, which is your well-being. So gratitude's one, intelligence, that is stressors. So that's a lot with cortisol and safety. Then we have safety, which is the S for safety. Um, and then we have empowered. And so what we do is we look at those areas because we know from our aspects, those are the four main areas that impact your physiology in those four characters. So we ask questions about that. And then we get awareness and really get a sense of what's stressing people out, to be honest, um, because we know if you stress, um, you shut off your learning centers of the brain. And you won't be able to speak with each other and you won't get to have what we call, you said earlier, that hot conversation that is needed for um, 
to literally just actually address the first issue. And that's what we say is one of the biggest things that whenever well, um, a little nerdy thing that we say is whenever whenever we come in, it is because somebody's finally tripped over the rug that they've swept everything under. Hmm. And there's a lot of emotionality and stress with that. So, you know, you, you mentioned earlier that there's a lot of stress in healthcare, you know, a, a lot of just the, the typical functions, you know, a, a surgery could be stressful, you know, a, a patient that's coding in the emergency department or even just difficult interactions between staff and patients are stressful. Um, what, you know, we can't eliminate all stress, but how, what tactics can we use to, I guess, better manage it? So some tactics for that is like, um, so thinking about surgery, um, ironically, the thing, same thing that cortisol does is allows you um, to actually complete goals. Cortisol, again, gets a bad rap. So we know it actually takes, you, people may say 30 days to make a habit. It actually takes about 108 days if you do it in the morning and when cortisol is at its highest. And so it's the same thing I talk with whenever my athletes. So when one of my athletes, specifically in baseball, has a ball hitting at them at the fastest rate of light, do you want them to think? No. No, you don't. So that's the beauty. It's just like a surgeon. We don't expect them to think or want them. Exactly. Yeah, we don't know how to think. And and (laughs) We don't want to. No, and here's the thing. We actually don't want you to because you have split split second decisions. So we what we do is make that cortisol where it actually goes to that other side of fight, flight and freeze to actually the other side where it's care and connect. And that is actually where innovation is. So we try to optimize environments where you can not have to think as much because decision fatigue. We look for decision fatigue. We look for um, actually simple things, you know, even as surgeons, have you taken certain medications? Um, I know right now I am taking Mucinex and it makes my brain not work as good as I want to. So should I be performing surgery? Well, one, no, because I'm not a surgeon. But two, um, should I be doing certain things? Yes or no. Um, And so looking at environmental impactors that can impact um, our performance. You you know, we not only not healthcare, but in, in all sectors, we've always said that that, you know, our workers our greatest resource but it seems like you know we may have just paid that a lot of lip service but we actually weren't you know uh, just to be transparent and honest Mm -hmm. that you know we we haven't taken care of our most valuable resource like like we should have and and what what do you think has caused what do you think has caused that change where organizations are looking looking at this and saying hey we, we've got to we, we we need to do a better job at, at taking care of our people i'm going to go back to healthcare again because I, my actually my start off was in well-being um for a 1600 um health care system 1600 employees and it was fascinating that we did their biometrics and they were actually larger than the the county they served um and but yet they had the knowledge of what to do. So it made me really just start asking questions and being like reflective on, so why? What, yes, the schedules, yes, this. But in essence, what we have found is, and this is the reason why we look at organization and human, because it takes both approaches. It is not one or the other, it is both leaning together. So from a human aspect, 
in healthcare or whenever people don't care for themselves, specifically leaders is really where I see it. You're whole, you've been ingrained to care for others. You've been, been ingrained or indoctrinated or even your dopamine releases have been from, hey, do more, love more, be more. I get validation. And so because of that, we don't stop in that proverbial fill your own cup from a human side. However, if you look on the opposite side, I'm going to hit a touchy subject. I'm going to guess patient satisfaction scores. Um, what I always say is in these departments, um, if we're getting paid on patient satisfaction scores, but then we look at um, who wants to be a patient of a health, uh, who wants to be a patient of the ER? Nobody. Nobody does. And so that's cortisol. You are literally somebody you're trying to work with somebody who is either fight, flight or freeze. They don't want to be there. They literally cannot think. You can't think. Mm-hmm. And they're going to their baseline habits from whatever happened all the way down to childhood. And we expect them to do good. So from a human perspective, that's really, really difficult. So what can you do from an organizational point? We know communication. We know oxytocin comes from touch. So just a warm hand and saying, hey, we're going to do our best. Little things like that, um, comparative to everybody loves that I've yet I've seen. Um, mother baby usually has the best patients. Uh, patient satisfaction scores? Sure. Because people want to be their patient. Absolutely. I want this child out of me is what my (laughs) whole theory was. And you got it out. You did what I needed. And so if you have a system that's paying on that rate, it that can impact. That's the organizational side. So you have to look at both sides and come in for a win-win. Sure. And, And Jake, when you, you know, Jake is a whole, whole lot younger than me. And so we, we kind of tra- we trained in different eras. And, uh, and speaking from a physician standpoint, when I was coming out of training back in the early 90s, it was, what's my income potential? Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's, that's all you wanted to know is what is my income potential? And now it has shifted where physicians coming out, I mean, they want to know, okay, how much vacation am I going to get? Mm-hmm. And uh, how much uh, how much time or how often do I have to take call? You know, and and, and the money seems to be, um, uh, of course, you know, the money has to be right. But the money is not the the primary influencer in, in yeah. where they're going to work. I can agree. I do think that maybe my generation has more of a healthy uh, I guess appetite for work-life balance than trying to just maximize um, potential salary. I mean, obviously we'd like both, <laughs> but uh, you know, you know, I think this group would sacrifice a little bit on that end to have more time for well-being. Mm-hmm. And that's this is something. We, there's actually a recent study that came out via SHRM that actually talked about this. Um, and it, it noted that for um, individuals across the gamut that actually um, money was not the biggest driver now. It is well-being or growth. Um, and so it was a fascinating study, really going, making my heart happy because I do the well-being spectrum of it. But to see that people even put down pay, they will they will take what well, takes example. I have one of my clients um and one of their employees turned down making double salary, working remote. And he is a um, under or he's a millennial. And so it's like everything should have said yes, 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 yes. 
but he said no. And the reason he said no is because the well-being that is provided from that company. And also the other aspect is that he knows that his growth and trajectory. And if I take a short gain right here of money, what am I losing in the long run um, for your health and even on uh, well-being on the other side? Hmm. You know, so burnout is a, a big problem in healthcare. you know, physicians, nurses, and even some, you know, Administrator burnout is in some recent articles, um, which I, I think we all can identify with. A lot of it is that we do have a lot more of that paperwork that you were just mentioning. The administrative burden just keeps getting added. Um, you know, e- it, whether it's emails just constantly piling up or patient messages that are just constantly coming in, uh, there's always seems to be another task. And um, you know, we're, we don't, nobody seems to have the solutions, but I'm going to ask you for what the solutions are. (laughs) Um, So again, looking at both aspects of it. So from a human aspect, um, it is a value conflict. You came to save lives and to help others. And unless there is a value connected with the, doing the small steps in the work and the, the typing things out and getting the little details, it is going to take energy from you. Um, again, it makes me think of one of my uh, clients I was coaching recently. And he's like, I don't want to do it. And I'm like, and it was, he had to do some trade checking on um, as for a financial institute. And he's like, I, I just don't want to do it. He goes, I know it impacts me because I have to stop what I'm doing, do this other stuff. Um, and it's just like, I get out of my flow, get out of my rhythm. And then I'm like, well, buddy, <laughs> you do have to do it. I was like, how can we reframe this? Like for right now, how can we reframe this? And then also putting it for a short season. So I like to do things in experiments. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned specifically in the in the work that I do is like if we have experiments and make it short lived that it doesn't. It's like I don't have to change my world. I don't have to change my my whole habits, everything with it. It's just an experiment. It's a trial and error. So, hey, for these two weeks. I want you to reframe your idea that you're helping your team. We know you love your team. We know you love your people. Um, And in that process, we'll look on the org side. How can we do this more efficiently? What can we do? And so you looked at both ends of the spectrum. And by the end of the two weeks, he has realized, well, because there was not a solution found, but the the beauty of it on his end, at least, he's like, oh, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. But we gave him the grace and the space to be able to reframe and also know that, hey, we are looking on our end. We're going to try both sides. So, again, it's, it's going back to that. Both sides have to lean. Yeah, we, we call those experiments here at Madison, you know, just small test of change. And, uh-huh. and, and, we, and Skip would be so proud that you brought that up because he says that life is just one big experiment, everything, everything that we do. But but get, getting back to burnout, it in sometimes burnout is kind of like a fish swimming in water. A fish didn't even realize that he's. Mm-hmm. That he's swimming around in water, and you know, physicians or anyone, we don't realize that we are burned out. So how how important is it to for individuals to every once in a while take a take a self inventory, or or how important is it for organizations to assess the the wellness of of their employees? Yeah. So from both sides. So let's look at the human side first. Um, one thing uh, specifically I've heard a lot in the healthcare industry is um, <laughs> I'm thinking of two specific one is like I just don't want to be there 
but I don't want to retire because I don't want to let one of my team members down. And then I have another one that says, um, I tell my, <laughs> I tell my team, I don't want to be here, but the creditors make me come. So let's make the best of it. Both of those are signs of burnout. You don't want to be there. You're, you're there, but you're not there. It's called a disengagement. Um, and it is just not pay, taking knowledge and inventory. When you walk in the door, how do you feel? And if anything, take inventory on Sunday. If you work on Monday, are the Sunday scaries real? What happens in your gut? What happens? Um, I had one of um, a CNO one time. She chewed me out because I made her. Um, she had to do her biometric screenings and she did her screening at the um, at the office um, and at the hospital system. And she's like, my stuff showed awful. Da, 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 da. She's like, I had to go back and I had to go to my own primary doctor and it was perfect. She's like, you made me pay all this extra money. I was like, sweetheart, here is your sign. Here's your sign. Like walking into these environments is making you have physical reactions. Do you know whenever the number one thing going back to the beginning is that safety cop, the body, the gut. When you walk in, what does your gut feel? Can you listen to your gut? Do you know how it is interacting with others? So that is you probably know there's signs of burnout there and taking that inventory. And then from the organizational side, if you're walking hallways and people aren't smiling or chatting, here's your sign. If they're siloing and saying to themselves, here's your sign. Yeah, and and I think a lot of times, you know, we see it as, and, and Jake, we talked about this before, we see it as, a, especially as physicians, it's a sign of weakness because we're, we're not supposed to, it's a chink in your armor and we're not supposed to, we're not supposed, we're just supposed to suck it up and go, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've been guilty of, you know, Tell my own kids that, hey, you, you just got to suck it up, buttercup, and, and, and move mm-hmm. on, you know. <laughs> yep. And that's the, I the feel thing like you can say the, that to your kids, though. That's mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the thing in between that is, is in between that space of, um, I was actually talking about this today, um, ironically, with my husband, because that's his mentality. It's been mine, too. Suck it up at buttercup. But in that space, you do have to have that, that, that momentary part of empathy to feel. And say, hey, this sucks. This this is where those hot conversations come in. Like, let's get vulnerable. Let's get real. This is how it is. Instead of um, the one thing I teach a lot of my leaders is that the more vulnerability you put out, the more you will actually receive in in the forefront of knowing the struggles, knowing the little nitty and gritties um, that people haven't been saying for you because it increases psychological safety which is serotonin, and it increases oxytocin, love. So you're hitting both sides. So, but you have to have that space for empathy, which is not, I'm a doer. I want to get it done. Let's just skip the step. Let's not have feelings. Let's move. Fact-oriented. Me too. Um, I can, uh, I read all of Brene Brown's books, but it's hard to, it's hard to <laughs> apply. I'm, you know, I find that hard. I sure do. So, so um, you mentioned earlier that, you know, a lot of the workforce in healthcare is unhealthier than the population that they're treating. Um, and we, we know sleep, we know exercise and diet affect those hormones that you've been talking about. But how do you counsel this workforce that is struggling to find time maybe to make the right decisions and build the right habits? Um, 
so one it's reframing on some aspects um, and then it is also organizational side so for one of our organizations we took Wednesdays and we call them walking Wednesdays and they get 20 minutes to go for a walk we are highly encouraging them to walk um, you can from an organizational side too from the food you can incentivize healthier food choices um, sleep that's my number one sleep and water are my one and two that I think are the most important things. Um, if you want to know how people are doing, asking how they're sleeping and then you'll know everything. Um, so there are some things from that aspect of it um, from an org side, but from your self side, um, I'm going to go back to sleep. Really check in, like really look at how you're sleeping, because at night, if you don't have your sleep, um, here's some things that we also say is like whenever you wake up in the morning, does your body hurt? If your body hurts, that's typically um, means that you didn't go to sleep well. If you're emotional, that means you didn't hit your rim well, your rim sleep well. So figure out how are you feeling? Um, a lot of people think that they have their pedometers or whatnot, and they have to only work out in the gym. They only can do the gym workout. Um, I had uh, one of my hospital systems had a whole campaign that about elevators and like the stairs are right there. Like you avoid the awkward silence stairs right here, you know, so find way walk and talk meetings. Um, I've always been a proponent for walk and talk meetings. So there are some yeah. ways that you can get steps. Make it simple. It's not walk and talk meetings. I like that, Jake. We no, need to... we need to do more of those. I've tried to do it a, a few times. And I, I do think that sleep is one is very underrated. We don't talk about it enough. And I was guilty of, you know, both HF and I run some marathons. We talked about it on the show before. But I would wake up super early to do these long runs in the morning, thinking that that exercise was what was making me healthy. And then uh -huh. I stopped running super long and I'll still work out in the mornings, but I sleep more. And I think actually exercising less and sleeping more has probably been more beneficial for me. I, can I think that. I think you're right. I mean, I can't remember the, the, the actual number, but it was. God, how many people in the you know, how many adult American adults are sleep deprived, are chronically <laughs> sleep deprived? It, it would kind of blow your mind. Yeah. 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 And and that goes with a mental state because that those are high correlations between the two is that yeah. your mental state and how can you deal with things so well emily we could sit here and we could talk all day but unfortunately we're going to have to wrap it up uh hey this is a great this is a great topic and it's one that that um you know we're seeing more and more uh, of um in organizations and you know organizations are are doing more and more to uh, to promote the well-being of, of their uh, of their workers which is a great thing mm -hmm. and 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 on behalf of Baptist we are so so thankful that you were willing to come on our podcast and we hope that uh, you'll be our guest again soon awesome well I greatly appreciate it y'all have a blessed one we will Bye. thank you